Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm so happy you're here. And something cool I just figured out is that I can basically now check the analytics of this is a new feature, by the way, I had no idea. Every every single year, I think all these there's new streaming devices, um, apps, I mean, there's technology is so freaking wild if you think about it and we all know i told this you all know this is i'm a broken record i'm very bad at no i should you know what i'm i'm stop i'm i'm going to stop saying that i'm bad at technology i'm not bad at it it's more that i can't figure it out figure out a lot of p- things when it comes to technology because of my sensitive eyes um so yeah i have not had the time to dive deep into the world of whatever technology means to anyone but long story short i now can see in um basically the my analytics how many podcast followers i have on spotify now i don't know how how many i have on let's say apple podcast or other other streaming devices i don't honestly know if that number is combined that's where my knowledge is lacking but it's very very cool to see that number increase not for my own ego absolutely not it's literally because i want people to to get to know what recovery entails and what it's all about my viewpoint um and all of that jazz and i also really like hanging out with you all so yeah, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy that, you know, we're growing as a community and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just really happy about that. So full transparency, I'm pre-recording this on a very drizzly day in Amsterdam. Whilst I'm looking outside, it's raining cats and dogs today, but I am technically, um, actually at the moment you're listening to this, I'm probably already back in Amsterdam, but I didn't want to record in my holiday. So this one is pre-recorded. So just again, for full transparency. Um, yeah, I don't really, therefore I don't have many updates because there's not a huge time chunk in between last episode and now. The only thing that happened was yesterday was beautiful weather. And the funny thing is, uh, this is a typical Amsterdam thing, or not even an Amsterdam thing, but um, a Dutch thing, because we have a country where it rains, I would say, 90% of the time. It can even be very rainy in the summertime. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm my birthday is in August. I'm a Leo, and I've had plenty of birthdays where it was 16 degrees and it was raining. It was awful. Actually, in the past few years, it, it has been amazing here in Holland. We had heat waves, all those things. I remember even one time I did a Lyme uh, antibiotic IV here in, in my own home. And there was a heat wave going on at that time. Horst idea ever, because you have to imagine living on a houseboat with a flat black roof. Horrible. It was a sauna in here. But we never used to have heat waves at all. I mean, that's just something I think it would like. It happened many, many, many years prior. 
basically as long as i live i can't remember that i that we experience heat waves now we do sometimes but not every year obviously and we still have this i don't know this 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 is again typical dutch thing the moment the sun comes out and spring hits not even spring just just a glimmer of sun everyone is on a terrace drinking a glass of wine or any beverage of choice it is hysterical it is literally the funniest shit ever you people it's like you know how pets seek this ray of sunshine and they lay in the sun they sunbathe in that ray of sunshine that's what dutch people do we are those people we are those people who gravitate towards the sun and i think therefore also what i see a lot in my friend groups and in my close surroundings is that a lot of dutch people move abroad because of the weather obviously i do the same thing right i spend half of the of my year in the south of france so yeah it's it's super funny to see so that's what happened yesterday um and considering i was already up very early did a lot of work i was like you know what i'm gonna finish work at 3 p.m i'm gonna sit in the sun on a terrace drink a glass of wine and call it a day and it was beautiful it was fabulous and i really needed that and um yeah so i yeah like i said i don't really think i have many updates so we're just gonna jump into the topic of today and that is how much food do i need now that is a weird you could think that is a weird topic or even a weird question now the thing is i get that question quite a lot and therefore i'm saying it and that's why this is the title of the podcast i think and i've i've also dedicated another episode podcast episode about the misconceptions that people have about being what being recovered looks like i feel that a lot of of you and a lot of people just overall feel that or think that actual recovery looks way different than it actually is so being recovered looks like something chaotic sometimes a little messy um it's not streamlined at all and obviously if you just have a normal quote-unquote normal metabolism and a healthy functioning body hopefully obviously you will be hungry every two to three hours if your body works the way it has to or it does so that is what my body does my body is just like hey give me food every two to three hours because that's when i'm getting hungry again regardless of how big of a meal i just had so that's just how my body works but everybody obviously works differently and i feel like because i have been so giving my body so frequent amount of meals so like for years my body is just now used to that and therefore also i think i just you know i really i think i had a broken metabolism in the beginning of my recovery journey because obviously i came out of a famine my body didn't know what i was doing i was basically doing the same things that the guys from the minnesota starvation experiment did i ate myself like literally i i ate so freaking much i ate thousands and thousands and thousands of calories on a daily basis and i needed that i needed that and obviously weight gain goes pretty fast so i freaked out like always i say before as well people usually freak about the weight gain freak out a, a lot about that but that's 
that's pretty common because obviously weight gain is the thing that goes the fastest. Your body thinks, hold up, we need to hold, we need to hold on to this weight because my person is going on a famine again or is going to stop eating again. So it's all, all for this, all in the name of self protection, basically. Um, and that's what your body does. So, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're we're going to talk about how much food do you actually need. Now, I think everyone pretty much feels or knows what I'm about to say right now. And the thing is, what I'm going to say right now is nothing new. I will tell you the following. I won't be able to tell you that. No one is going to be able to tell you that. You actually won't even be able to tell you that yourself that. Your body only knows. Now, this is an interesting thing. Still, I know so many of you go to dietitians or are in clinics or units, hospitalizations, you name it, and you go home with a meal plan. I've said it before again that meal plans are fine. They have their time and place. There's a time and place for a meal plan, let's say. When I create a plan of action, it is kind of a, well, it's not really a meal plan. It's more to get someone out of out of their comfort zone. I won't go into detail exactly of what I do because that's something I just tell my clients because it's honestly kind of too hard to explain. And I know that I will get too many questions if I just put it here on the podcast. Um, I will share it in the guide though that I'm dropping somewhere in May. But a meal plan, like I said in the beginning, it is it is completely fine. And um, the thing is with a meal plan, why do people follow a meal plan? Well, the thing is, is that a dietitian or a therapist or anyone who specializes in eating disorders or a doctor knows that this person needs to be um, basically refeeding themselves. So they're giving or they're prescribing frequent amount of meals. And that is perfect. That is exactly what your body needs. Like I said, your metabolism needs to fire up again and needs to know, okay, you know what, there's, there's this regular interval of, of meals coming in. And that is a beautiful thing that, that needs to happen. However, however, and again, I feel like a broken record here. Most people use meal plans as something that is being used as rigid. It's, it's, that is a weird sentence, by the way. Sorry for that. It is very rigid. It usually becomes very rigid. And it is used as a maximum and not as a minimum. And that's the thing. It should be a minimum. It is a minimum. It's made to be a minimum. And that's the thing what I always do with clients when I create this plan of action for them. I always say I encourage you to start eating more because I have no fucking clue what your body asks for. If I say, okay, let's let's start eating Oreos, Ben and Jerry's, donuts, whatever, this, that, and the other. And this person starts eating said Oreos and thinks, oh my God, I want, I want all of them. I can't stop. Guess what happens? They think, oh, but 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 Danny just wrote down, I don't know, six, seven Oreos. Even though I constantly emphasize Guys, it's a minimum. It's not a maximum. I encourage you to start eating more. An eating disorder is this very manipulative little bitch. It's it really is. I can't. I mean, pardon my French, but that's that's literally what it is. It's very. It's so manipulative. It's manipulative in a way that is 
on I, I can't even explain it because you you all I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows exactly what I mean by that and but it feels no but I can't because I need that permission to be able to eat more and I feel uncomfortable giving myself that permission and therefore sometimes in clinics and this is this is why I want to rip my hair out whenever I hear people saying Whenever I was in a clinic, I wasn't allowed to eat more. And I'm raising my hand because I was one of them. I was one of those people who wasn't allowed to eat more whenever I said, hey, I do feel like eating more. And they said, yeah, you could possibly get a binge and binges were frowned upon and blah, blah, blah. So to me, it's so frustrating that this still happens, that meal plans are still made like it's the end all be all. And then at some point when you are reaching your happy, healthy weight, that a dietitian would say, this is literally where I get, could, I don't know, I want to hurl my body in, in, into oncoming traffic when I hear this. When, when a dietitian says, okay, well, you've gained enough weight now, or the weight gain is going pretty fast. We can now taper off your meal plan. Uh, excuse me, what? That is not unrestricted eating. That is, unrestricted eating should be for the rest of your life. It's not like just only unrestricted eating during recovery, obviously. It's for the rest of your life. So how much food do you actually need? Well, guess what? That depends on the phase of the journey, of the age, of all those factors where you're in, in your life. So you won't need the same amount of food in your in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, when you're pregnant, when you're not pregnant, when you're whatever it is, when you're hormonal, not hormonal. It, it it's so dependent on the li- in, on the stage in your life and on or basically on your life stage and i and no one else will be able to tell you that except for your body so here's the thing and here's the basically the biggest and the biggest lesson that i want you to take home with you i want you to have a little moment of introspection self reflection and ask yourself how often do I think about food? Think about that. Write it down. Keep a notebook with you. And write down or even put it in your phone. You can even do like, um, I don't know, write an, a sign or an X or whatever it is. Whenever you think about food, poop, put a note in your in your phone or write it down. And then at the end of the day, if you feel like, if you read that back and you see, oh my God, I've, I thought about, I've thought about food I don't know, 20 times today, and I've only listened to it 10 times, you have undereaten that day. And that's the thing. It's the mental hunger where people feel like, yeah, but I that's not valid enough. It's not physical hunger. I, I'm not going to repeat myself yet again, because I feel like literally you're getting all bored by me saying this. But like I said, in the previous episodes, physical hunger cues are costly, And your body doesn't want to do that because it wants to preserve energy. So why would it signal a physical hunger cue when it can basically save up that energy and just signal a mental hunger cue? So mental hunger, to be quite honest, is way more important than physical hunger. So I want you to really keep track of how often you think about food or plan your food in advance or think about even form basically thinking of restriction is a form of mental hunger. And I really want you to start listening to that and not to the dietitian or to them, whoever it is. And if you have, I mean, if you're working with someone and I hope you are, 
if you are working with someone, if you're not working with someone, you don't have anything to worry about. But if you're working with someone and they um, basically create a plan with you or for you, that is, again, like I always do with clients as well, amazing. However, if they question you for eating more, you really have to start questioning yourself if you want to continue working with that person. Because like I said, no one is allowed to tell you how much you should or shouldn't eat. Plus, we have this eating disorder voice already saying, I'm eating too much. I shouldn't have done this. So if someone already is saying or kind of like is reinforcing that thought, that that anxiety, that belief, guess what's going to happen? You're going to backtrack. You're going to push the brakes. You're not going to continue your recovery journey that well. So you really have to ask yourself, how often do I listen to it? And do I stop myself because someone else is basically creating this plan for me and I'm ashamed if I eat more or I don't know what they would say or maybe they would question if I'm, I don't know, emotionally eating. Also, emotional eating is super normal or boredom eating, same thing, super normal. I do it all the time. So I hope you are being coached or I don't know, you have a therapist or whoever it is or a mom or a dad or a sister or a friend, a partner, whoever it is that tells you, hey, I feel like you're looking at those cookies at the table. Why are you just not grabbing some? I hope you have that person around you that encourages you to start eating more. But you, you in the end have to be the one that gives yourself the permission to continuously be eating if you if you crave to do so so and i'm pretty sure a lot of you do because otherwise you know you will probably not listen to this podcast and i again you know mental hunger is a normal thing everyone has mental hunger a form of mental hunger i mean i for instance right before recording this podcast i i was not physically hungry at all but i craved something so i made a few crackers with peanut butter and banana just you know and cinnamon love it my go-to um and yeah just craved it period that that's a form of mental hunger now is that extreme mental hunger no because that's has obviously you know has dissipated but when i can you imagine i can't even imagine anymore thinking about wanting to eat something and then thinking no i can't because of xyz reason Of course, obviously, the underlying fear is the fear of weight gain, but you're upholding and reinforcing the fear of weight gain by not acknowledging and listening to your mental hunger. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle you're in. So you have to really make sure that you constantly, you're going to listen to the mental hunger and take it seriously. So basically, the answer to the title of the podcast, how much food do I actually need? No one knows. No one knows except for your body because you can't also rationally think I need this amount of food. No, you don't. You don't. You you need as much food as your body asks for. Could be 5,000, 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, 12,000, whatever it is. Could be any number. Obviously, we're not counting here, but, you know, on average, this is just an example. Um I, I want everyone to start listening to their bodies more. And I'm not talking about eating intuitively necessarily because not everyone is ready to do so. But there is definitely this mental hunger that a lot of people are just stuffing down and ignoring and are not listening to. And that's such a form of restriction. That is mental restriction, which is honestly just as bad as 
any form of restric restriction. It is just basically, in a nutshell, restriction, which is upholding the fear of the under well, the underlying fear of weight gain. So we're circling back to the beginning. I feel like this this is this is literally the end of the podcast because I feel like I have nothing more to add. Um, but I I really I'm still quite shocked by how many stories I hear from people saying, yeah, but my dietitian has, has told me this, or I'm not allowed to eat more, or my parents already think that I'm eating enough. And oh my God, I, I, I can't, I just, I can't, I can't. And I, 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 I know it's ignorance. I know a lot of people mean it well, um, especially parents or partners or friends, they all mean it well. And like I said, it's ignorance, but when it comes to people who should be specialized who are in the in the field who are dietitians or you know a clinician or whoever that to me is just not okay that's just so below the belt it's just not okay so anyway i'm gonna wrap it up here otherwise i'm gonna ramble and <laughs> gonna rant but how much food you need is literally up to your body and i want you to trust your body and your body's needs because it knows exactly what it needs okay all right i hope you're gonna have a lovely day a lovely week hey friend thank you so much for listening my goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. See you here next week.